It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Hi everyone, I uh, hope you're well and having a wicked day and thank you for joining us on a, another podcast show. Joining me today we've got an amazing guy, someone who has certainly been an inspiration to me since I recently met him. I've had the pleasure of seeing Richard speak on stage and having read his most recent book, I Can, I'm really pleased to bring him, uh, Richard, a best-selling author and sought-after international speaker to join us today. So welcome to our show, Mr. Richard McCann, how are you? I'm fine, Craig, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. It must be, um, God, it must be a, a few months now, or six months to twelve months since I met you when you were speaking at a, a conference here in the UK. Um, I suppose you've had a, a really exciting journey since then. Uh, it has. I mean, I mean, the last few years have been very interesting and exciting. You know, part of the, the speaking journey that I've been on. But yeah, it's, it's about a year since we met and. Uh, I remember being inspired when you won that award at the Direct Selling Association conference for uh, for a distributor of the year. So yeah, you inspired me actually way back then. So um, I thank thank you for saying that I inspired you. Yeah, likewise, mate. And I think um, it's amazing. I think you know relationships is the what the quality of life is built on. And I think you know people come into our lives for reasons. And you know I think we you know we get the opportunity to make a difference. And I know that's one of your core principles now with what you do. But you've got a um, a different, um, shall we say, story, a different background, really. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people listening to our show today that know who Richard McCann is, and they've had the pleasure of, you know, seeing you and, and reading some of your, your material. I know you've had three best-selling books now. Um, but for those who, you know, haven't got that affiliation or that knowledge of your, your background and your story, I mean, can you give us a bit of an, an, an insight into where you come from, Richard, and how you've become this, you know, best-selling author and, you know, as I said, a sought-after international speaker. Uh, thank you. Yeah, well, I think what makes my story different, although not too dissimilar to, to, to some people I've come across, is I was brought up, um, well, one in poverty, you know, a sink estate uh, in, in a council estate in Leeds. Um, and, I mean, many people have, but I think what makes mine slightly different is that when I was five, um, my mum was tragically murdered by um, the serial killer Peter Sutcliffe. And for those... You know, outside the UK, Peter Sutcliffe became known as the Yorkshire Ripper, who murdered 13 women, in fact, but my mum was the first. That, that, what, that's what, I guess, um, gives me that unique story. And um, it set me down on a, you know, a downward spiral for many, many years. And you know, because I was brought up in poverty anyway, um, I, I didn't feel too good about myself on top of the death of my mum, which was you know, in the public eye throughout my childhood. And uh, you know, I was... I was Lacking in confidence, no self-esteem, and these are some of the things that people can relate to for whatever reason. Um, so I mean, that's where I started from, and I, you know, I went through life, you know, um, not achieving a great deal. In fact, you know, dead-end jobs, you know, ironing trousers. You remember from the presentation, you know, washing plates in a hotel. I've worked in shoe shops. I've done all that menial work. Um, so you know, doing what I do now, being the best-selling author and the books around the world, that inspirational speaker, yeah. You know what, Craig? I couldn't have dreamt of where I am today in many years. In fact, even just six, seven years ago, I couldn't have dreamt of me doing the work that I do today. So, and, you know, it's such a pleasure to be able to do this work and to meet, you know, wonderful people like yourself and you know all the other people that are out there doing great work. It's it's, it's amazing, really, to think that your journey, you know, from 
you know, from where you've come, because, uh, you know, it's, you know, quite a, 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 a different background to most to have that experience in your life at such an early age. And I suppose it, it had a compound where it influenced your early years. What what was the point of view that there must have been a change in your in your mind? There must have been something that happened that all of a sudden, you know, changed your direction from where you were going, what you were used to, the environment you was in, to, you know, the journey that you've had over the last six, seven years. There must have been something or a series of things that, you know, started to compound that got you to a point of making a different choice and choosing a different route. Yeah, yeah and, and I don't, you know, I, I get asked this quite often, you know, often on the media, and they, they do ask that question, what was the turning point? <laughs> you know, where did it turn around? And and, and it, it, it'd be nice to come up, It'd be nice to be able to say, "Oh, yeah, it was it was February two thousand and four when this <laughs> happened." But, but you know what? If, if I actually think about my whole life, the, the the mindset that's been required to get me to where I am today was there way back when. Because actually, when my mum first died, you know, um, although we weren't told exactly how she died, but we knew she'd been taken, and um, I can remember just a few months after she died. In, in, in the time that I spent in the children's home, where I've been laying there asking myself, why has this happened? Why has this happened? Coming up with this scenario in my young mind, it's happened to give me a better life. You know, and listen, I had not listened to any motivational speakers. I had not read any books on the subject. But somewhere, from somewhere, you know, somehow I, I came up with this, 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 this meaning that I decided to apply to what happened to mum. And I told myself it happened to them to them start a new life with my father who left when I was, you know, five. That's what I told myself. You know, he had a new girlfriend. I thought she'd give me a new mum. And that mindset, whatever it is, wherever it came from, I think is, is, is the thing that's helped me become the person I am today eventually. And, and I've needed to tap into that mindset from time to time along the way. You know, certain setbacks have occurred and I've been able to kind of tap into that. So, um, yes, there was a couple of turning points, but actually um, it's kind of been with me ever since. And what, what's been with me is that ability to look at a situation and finding a, a way of improving it, mm. be it, you know, go and get a job as a speaker or write a book or set up your own business or... Just think about what's happened and think about it in a particular way. Even before my mum died, Craig, having no money, uh, drink, drugs, deprivation, abuse, all that stuff, despite all that negativity, I worked out that if I go, and I forget her name, bless her, but there was an old lady that lived next door. If I go, this is age five, I'd go around to her house and she would send me to the shop on an errand to get some shopping because it took, it took her forever and she'd give me a few pence for going. Now, I'm... That didn't happen once, that happened a number of occasions. So I, I kind of worked out, if I did something and took some action, I can improve my situation and she'd and she give me some money, I'd get some sweets. So, Brilliant. yes, there was a massive turning point and that was actually when I came out of prison in 1997. But whatever it is, has, has kind of been with me throughout my life. Hmm. That's a, it's an amazing kind of, I suppose, innocent um, philosophy to have at such an early age, you know, to, you know, this has happened to give you a better life. And I... I suppose sometimes that the that's the innocence we have as a children. We 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 always I suppose look to um, believe in ourselves really, or believe in our dreams at a younger age. You know, there's all the things that you want, desire, and wish for. And I suppose that innocence and the social conditioning that we experience as we grow up that kind of sometimes beats that out of us, or you know, gives us a low self esteem. I suppose you don't have that at such an early age, and it's a a great philosophy of to have kept with you all these years. Yeah, and, and, it, and it might be a bit naive. Um, well, I'm saying that. 
I don't think it was naive because actually I do believe my mum died to give me a better life and, and me to go and to do the work uh, that I now do. I know that's a little bit deep and it's not something that I, I, I normally share from this stage, but I do believe I chose this life and it was always going to happen. And, and so actually it's not naive, actually. It's, it's, it's something I've carried with me and it served me very, very well. And um, some very strange things have happened in my life that, you know, suggested me that there is more to this world than we can fully explain. Some very strange coincidences and, and things have occurred that have made me think, bloody hell, how did that happen and where did that person come from? <laughs> um, and anyway, that's probably a different subject for a different time, but you know, it's, it's a funny old world what we live in. Yeah, I know we were talking and have done in the past, if you, if you, you know, obviously if you decide on what it is that you want, the, the universe will find a way of connecting the dots, I suppose, won't it? Yeah, I mean, although that concept of, of you know having the goal and then um, and the universe bringing it to you, that's a, quite a recent understanding of mine. Um, well, I say that, but if, if I actually look back throughout my life, and, um, I've kind of always understood that as well, really. And what I'm talking about, and you won't have heard this from the stage, but when I used to lay in bed as a what, seven or eight-year-old kid and being beaten for whatever triviality in the house by my dad who was you know often very violent and the thing I'd say to myself is this I said you know, to my internal voice don't worry Richard about what's taking place because when you're older you'll be able to help people around the world I had no idea what I meant by that and, and, and what that would look like but it's once again it was me trying to put some positive slant on what was taking place um, but it's funny isn't it now I now do inspire people around the world my books are out in different countries and I have heard from people in you know Mexico and you know New Zealand or whatever else that have been inspired by reading my book so gosh what did that seven eight year old boy know uh, you know as I was spoke earlier I was speaking in South Africa a few weeks ago inspiring people in South Africa that thing was it was was it me setting a goal back in you know 30 years ago or, or, or was it me understanding what was going to you know take place eventually um, who, who knows but what I do know is I thought about something when I was age seven or eight, and it's now happening, which is strange. Um, but now, not, when, I, when I think about goals and goal setting, which is one of the big parts of my book, um, what I do understand now is when you have a goal, um, you, your awareness is heightened, and you'll st start spotting things that are going to make this goal, you know, um, um, turn into a reality. I suppose. Um, I heard um, one of your recordings recently of Alan Pease was it and he was talking about that when you buy a car and then you start seeing the same cars everywhere and it was so true it's, I've, I've experienced that and, uh, and I think that can be applied to not just cars but whatever goal you want to achieve I think it just brings that awareness into your mindset doesn't it and you, you're, you're able to you know, as you rightfully say Richard see, see more opportunities that are you know, in kind of, you know, um, line with the goals and the targets that you've set. But I think it's amazing going back to what you were saying about, you know, lying in bed seven, eight years old and, you know, how your life's materialised in what you set all them years ago. Maybe there is something in that. You, you hear stories time and time again of, you know, similar stories of, you know, different stories, but, you know, similar kind of examples where people have, you know, dreamt from an early age and believed in themselves and their life has materialised. Um, I suppose it's staying true to that is the is the important thing. Staying true to that and and, and having that the belief that it will happen despite uh, appearing not to happen initially because you know one of, one of the areas of my books is you know, it's been said by many people but never giving up. Yep. You know um, it's about you know hanging in there and uh, and keeping going when there's there's no you know real uh, facts to suggest you're going to achieve this thing and just keeping going because often 
as you know, for some of the work that you do, that often people just give up and uh, success is just around the corner. And um, I have to say that I almost gave up um, when it comes to the, the book that I um, um, my first book anyway um, I was writing off to, to, to publishers and they weren't interested or agents sorry they weren't interested and I almost did give up but I kept going and, uh, and I'm so glad that I did keep going because you know 400,000 copies later and books around the world you know and, uh, and what actually it started or opened the door for my speaking career I am so glad that I, did, that I kept going and didn't give up that you persevered and was that book in particular is that um, is that the book about a boy uh, just a boy, that's the just first a boy, sorry. I got my childhood, I guess, in my early adulthood. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know what, that, that was one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. Yeah. You know, up until that point, I've been ashamed of my past, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I was worried about, will people find out, shall I tell people, you know, shall I tell my girlfriend? And, uh, and writing the book, I thought, this is going to reflect badly on me. Well, I guess mainly because I've been to prison, I've been to prison uh, on a drugs charge back in 1997. I thought, gosh, if I write about this, this is going to harm my future career prospects. But uh, you know, I, had the, I had the courage to say, do you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I'm, I'm so glad that I found that courage because, well, the rest is history. I think, do you know what, I mean, just talking to you now, I think, you know, I've, I've read your book, the ICAM book, and the, the key principles in your book are, are the importance of positivity, the courage creates success, achievement begins with a goal, and that then that never give up philosophy. And just yeah. chatting with you right now, you, you're evidently somebody that's not just writing a book you're actually living your own principles and I've got a lot of respect for that um, because you know it's obvious that you've come from from tough beginnings and you've now got the opportunity to make a difference um, which is which is inspiring and that's why I think so many people have been inspired by you from stage and obviously you know for those of you that have connected with Richard by reading his books or through social media or your blog or whatever it may be um, Though I'm sure they see too that you you very much kind of live breathe your your own principles, which which I think is important when you're sharing a, a story and a message. Yeah, thank you. And, and you know what I'm thinking of as you're saying that. Uh, just last night, I've got three wonderful children now, and I was speaking to Sky. She's laid in on the top bunk of her bunk bed. She's only five, and we're, we're talking about businesses and setting up businesses. And I asked her what she wanted to do when she was older, and she wanted to be a hairdresser. And I said, no, 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 yes, be a hairdresser to begin with, but let's have your own hair salon. And I started talking about, in my work, um, how people will say to me that they want to be a hairdresser, and I try and encourage them to be their, you know, to have their own salon. And, and so, yeah, I do live this from the stage and in my own life, but I'm trying to push it on to my children all the time. I think it's so important, and I'm living proof of that. I didn't get any encouragement as a child. And, uh, you know, so, you know, the way that I saw myself fitting into society or not fitting in, in fact, was, you know, quite detrimental to me going for those very basic jobs. And, you know, I just want my children to, to, to live and breathe this themselves. And, you know, it's time to work. The, 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 the great kids and the, you hear them repeating some of the things that I've said, which, you know, means so much to me. It's, 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 I think it's really important because, I, I, I mean, I've been lucky enough to, to have an influence and, you know, to be influencing myself now through choice, through the personal development and, the understanding that we are what we read and what we study, we become. Um, and I, you know, I see that I've got two young daughters as well. One's, um, you know, not not talking yet, just Gwen and Garin. But Isabella's, you know, it's it's funny you should say that because it, you've now got the opportunity to have an environment and create an environment that you didn't have as a kid, and oh. give that influence and that legacy that I know is really important to you. Craig, um, I'm, I'm, you're so you know so true. I'm I'm, living, I'm really living my life. Yeah. through my children uh, and, 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 and I don't have favourites but I mean I have got two girls and a boy and I, 
the boy in particular, you know, I see him being a little, well, he's a little Richard living his life again. It's just so, just so fantastic and, you know, uh, to, to see them grow and thrive in the way that they're doing, which I never got. And, and they take it, you know, they take it for granted, but we'll let them take it for granted. And I'm sure we'll then uh, find a way of, you know, showing them what the real world's about and what, how much hardship is out there. Uh, in fact, no, they do. They know about hardship. They know about homeless people and they know about charity shops and they know about other people that don't have a great deal. And it's, you know, it's just fantastic that we, as you know, parents, have that ability to to educate them and empower them in a way that you know some people didn't get, especially me. Well, I think even you know the the the, the, the kind of the, the thought of gratitude that we're able to teach our children, and mm. just the environment they're in with your your philosophies, your personal development, but also your belief. I mean, it's not it's still not common. I mean, you know, children families might not have it tough that you ha- as you had it when you were younger. But they still have it tough, and they might not have that positive influence. Whereas, you know, you're you're able to actually, you know, to to turn your daughter's dream and say, hey, look, she wants to be a hairdresser. But to plant a seed about having her own salon, mm-hmm. you know, that's not commonplace. People wouldn't commonly do that. But because of your growth, you're yeah. able to do that. You foresee that, hey, why not? You know, because you believe in yourself and you've got that attitude of you know making things happen. Sure. And um, yeah, and and then we continue as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we've both got completely different upbringings, haven't we? Really, um, yet still have a a passion to succeed, a, a passion to make the difference. I mean, obviously, you've had a very tough upbringing, and yet it's had a positive influence on your life. I was very lucky on the other side, up to complete opposite end of the scale, where you know my parents installed this positive a- attitude into me that you and I are installing into our children. So from either end of the scale, um, you know, the, the influence can still be turned around to be positive, can't it? Yeah, and, and you know, as, as you're saying that, and as we're speaking, I'm thinking about this, um, oh, what's her name? Is it Shelley Rose Cav? Uh, I can't remember her name. I saw a, a, a speaker recently, or last year, in fact, NLP, and I'm not NLP trained, but I was listening to this session, and, and this, this trainer was talking about, we have goals often, and, and, and some of them are, are go-to goals, and some are go away from goals and I think if I'm trying to um, think about what she said you it sounds like you had success or your family did and you wanted more of that and that's what you've done so you've gone towards success whereas we didn't have any success um, so I went poverty and lack of money and and I've done everything that I can uh, to move away from that Um, and I'm just wondering whether am I a go away am I moving away from or am I moving to I must have a look at uh, my table again uh, but it's it's interesting that we both as you say come from different backgrounds but we're kind of well now anyway we're we're having a similar journey aren't we yeah Uh, and enjoying the success that we do it's amazing really I love that that thought and uh, do you know what you learn so much in life and you forget some of the things you've learned and I've heard that somewhere before probably from an NLP practitioner but the go-to goals and the go-away-from-goals, it makes it makes sense, I suppose, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But what, what drives you now? Because obviously, I mean, I suppose initially you've had that go-away-from-goals and I'd imagine you're, you're a million miles away from that now. So do you do you now have go-to goals? I know your family is a priority to you and, you know, um, security, etc. I mean, what, what drives you at the moment? Security is one of my biggest drivers. Uh, security... But also seeing other people grow. I tell you what I've always, uh, what's always been big in my life. Um, I was always like the underdog, you know, you know, the the kid in school that had the second hand clothes that couldn't go on the school trip and whatever else was going on as a child. And I've always had like uh, not a, well, yeah, a soft spot for the underdog. 
I've always had an eye on the underdogs, and I, and I was, which is why I, I know people slate these X Factor programs, but I always like to see those X Factor programs where the kids come from nothing and they've got this opportunity on stage, and I just love to see that. And I, and I, and I love that. I love to see people that are at a certain place and that we can grow them in, in some way. Uh, be it give them the inspiration to set up their own business, and be it give them some communication skills from the stage, you know. And, and I just kind of that, that that's a big driver in my life. So security and seeing other people grow, especially the underdog that doesn't believe in themselves, they're, they're kind of what drives me. As far as goals are concerned, um, my goal is is to is to be to speak globally. I, w- I want to be a global speaker. I want to do more of what that seven eight year old kid. Uh, believed was possible when uh, you know all those years ago that would my message would go around the world and I, and, I, and well I'm on that journey anyway so um, next stop Vancouver hopefully um, which was a, a goal of mine and it's funny how the universe works because uh, I knew there was an, a potential opportunity in Vancouver in 2013 for a, there's this thing called the Global Speakers uh, Summit it happens every two years around the world so I knew this took place and I had the postcard it's there there's someone noticed in the uh, in the office and I spoke in South Africa. Uh, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, and somebody that's part of the Global Speakers Federation, uh, Jeanne Barlow, in fact, she's the president, and was at that conference, and, and you know, uh, she's part of the, the um, I guess, the, the decision-making committee uh, that might be able to make that happen. Isn't it strange how we do these things and they can lead to... Um, <laughs> what, what, what I'm talking about here is the goal that I've got to speak in Vancouver. Looks like it'll be a reality uh, because I speak in South Africa. Um, but my goal, my goal is to do more international work. But I also, my, my, my more recent goal is I want to make a difference in prisons. I, want, I mean, I've been to prison and, and you know, I know only too well how difficult it is to turn your life around when you come out of prison because nobody would give me a job um, you'll recall Craig from the presentation I was in there on a drugs on a drugs charge uh, nobody would give me a job uh, we'd, about to get my house repossessed and I almost took my life from a suicide pact suicide pact with my sister and I thought there's just no point thankfully we didn't go through with it but I eventually got a job and, and saved my house at the last minute so I think there's an, an important need there for well, to give offenders uh, a second chance. I, I almost cost me my life, and I don't think there's enough being done out there right now. So one of my goals at the moment is to create a programme to go into prisons and, and, and not, not only inspire them um, and give them the skills and tools you know, to help them grow as an individual, but also to change the mindsets of employers or potential employers when considering um, ex-offenders to be employed. So that's kind of where I'm going at the moment. So, so that's a new goal of mine. Sounds exciting, uh, mate. Sounds exciting. I love it. I just love the work that that I'm involved with, and, and you know. And my latest goal is is to create a book called uh, I create a book full of impactful stories, and I'll never forget the words of the police officer that told me when I was five in the children's home that mum had been taken to heaven and that we weren't going to see her again. Those words have been with me for throughout my life, thirty six years later, and and what this, but, but also I've got other words that I've heard in my life that have had a massive impact in my life the words of Desmond Tutu um, just less than two years ago uh, when he shared from the stage when he was speaking about forgiveness when he came out with this sentence you can never um, force a person to forgive another but when it occurs it has the capacity to change a situation those words hit me like a tidal wave of energy and at that moment, I forgave the person that murdered my mum. And my new book is about words that you've heard 
that have had a massive impact in your life. And uh, that's one of my goals at the moment. And I'm right in the middle of doing all that, you know, creating, collating the story and editing, editing them down and, and just, you know, um, want to get that out there because I know how important the words that we hear are, which is why you do this podcast, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's the environment that's created around us, isn't it? Through, you know, words, tonality, you know, that, that power of association, so very important. I just remember, actually, I'm sure it's in your book, you talked about actually forgiveness is what set you free. Um, and uh, that's quite empowering, you know, looking back that it's, you know, obviously Desmond Tutu's words have had that influence on yourself and, you know, may this book uh, be with us very soon, my friends. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it did, did set me free. And, and what I mean by setting me free is the 36 years I've been angry and bitter about what it, um, about what he did, about him taking one's life. But what purpose? I mean, yes, you know, it's good to have and experience anger and get it out of your system. But for 36 years, I've been, you know, wanting revenge and all the rest of it. He doesn't even know that I feel this way. So where's that energy gone? It's just gone inside me, it's imploded in me and done me damage. So for him to say those words, Desmond Tutu, you're right, it did set me free. And uh, not just with regards to Peter Sutcliffe, but in other smaller ways as well. And like when we have fallouts at home with my wife and or whoever, and the person that cuts you up on the road, we could be angry about that or we could just let it go. Um, And and so when things happen now, I can think about what I did forgiving Peter Sutcliffe. And well, if I can do that, well, then I can forgive this person as well. Yeah, I can see, I can see, you know, obviously so, something so big can then, you know, be associated with, you know, some of the, the smaller forgivenesses of life that are so important to just, you know, keep us true, keep us happy and keep us, um, you know, focused on what matters and, you know, not the negatives surrounding us on occasions. So sure. how, just kind of for those that are listening, you know, obviously I've read your book um, and um, many will have done, but, you know, you talked about how, you know, some of the principles have enabled you to turn your life around and how you want to impact, you know, prisons, etc., and, um, you know, also impacting other people from inspiration and communication point of view. But for those people listening, if you look at your, your four core principles in your book that you discussed and, and expanded on, what, what advice can you give people to kind of either turn their life around, you know, make new decisions and start working towards, what matters to them or for those that are already on the journey you know like ourselves and and many others how can they accelerate their success by you know implementing these four core principles well i mean the first principle is the importance of positivity i mean that's a massive principle and, and it can cover many aspects of life and business and everything else but for me positivity it's about looking at any situation, be it negative or the one that you're in, that's not so negative, but you know, it could be better, it could be greater, we could have great results. It's just about focusing on, well, what things can I do that will give me greater success or have less negativity or you know, make a situation appear better than it might have done had I not thought positively. It's also about looking at the people around us, for the leaders that are out there, and, and, and finding the good in them. Because when you find good in somebody, I know this because I've experienced it in, in years gone by, when you find something good in somebody and you let them know, that is, it, well, it can be life-changing. I can remember one of my warehouse managers saying to me on one occasion, he said, Richard, your management material. Now, when he, sta- when he said that to me, I'm in the warehouse, I started wearing a shirt and tie to work and before I knew it, I was running the computer system. Uh, so the positivity is not just about what, what it's about us and what we think about the situation, it's about what we can do for other people as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's a massive principle, but 
basically we have the ability to put whatever meaning we want to a situation and uh, and create find a positive in it and that's something i instill in not just my audiences but my children and everybody else that i come into contact with so that's positivity now what that means to your audience will, will they'll know you know do i need to be more positive do i need to raise the bar and do more do i need to ask for the help of other people if i'm a leader do i need to start finding the good in people rather than criticizing them all the time um, so that's the, the, posit the positivity um, the second is the courage creates success courage is often confused with confidence. The thing about courage, you don't need um, confidence to do it. It's about doing something without the confidence. And you remember from my presentation that the first time that I've, I believe I was courageous was when I got on the stage age 13 with no confidence and took part in the public speaking competition at school. You know, that was life-changing, although I didn't know it. In the short term, it, it changed the way that I saw myself fitting in. I mean, I won the competition. It was Fantastic. Um, so that's, um, but what I often say is when we talk about situations that feel uncomfortable, if we can find the courage, which is free of charge, by the way, we, if we can find the courage to do that thing, it can often take us to a place that we never knew existed. And uh, I mean, I'm testament to that. You know, my first professional speaking engagement back in 2005, I was terrified, absolutely terrified, but I did it. And it led on to one engagement after another. And before I knew it, I'd done 1,250. Um, and in writing the book, it's about courage to write the book. For some people listening to this, um, they'll be working part-time in some jobs and full-time in other jobs. They'll have ideas of businesses they want to start and conversations they need to have. You know, you know, courage means different things to different people and will need it for different things. It's just about doing that thing. Doing that thing, seeing where it goes. And, uh, and you know, it might not work out. When I'm talking about setting up your own business here, it might not work out, uh, but you learn something in the process and you're able to apply it for the next attempt and maybe do it slightly differently. But it's having the courage to do it uh, and, you know, and, and going what your gut instinct tells you you should be doing. Doing, doing the thing have and having the power, yeah. We've all got the power. Mm. We don't need the confidence. We just need to do it and then stop listening to that little voice that we have in our brain that will try and talk us out of it, thinking it's looking after us and actually it's not, it's holding us back. And um, the third one, of course, was the achievement begins with a goal. The goals, I mean, there's many things being said about goal setting, there's nothing really new out there. But my take on that is um, when we have a goal, um, we find, in fact, we spot, not only do we spot the things that help us get there, but if we raise the bar and have a, a bigger goal than we had previously, um, we'll start coming up with bigger ideas. Um, I did a workshop recently, and one of the things I said was, um, I said to one side of the room, can you give me some ideas on how we can raise £50 for charity? So they got into a little group, they started writing down the things that they would do to raise £50. £50. And I said to the other side of the room, you've got to raise £50,000. They came up with different ideas. Now, the people that were raising the, the, the £50, the, the brain would only come out with or come up with suggestions that will help them raise £50. If you raise that goal, your brain comes up with bigger, juicier, more interesting, more creative ideas. So when it comes to goals and goal setting, yes, have them, raise the bar, but also get a picture for the thing that I want to achieve. You know, we, we think in pictures, we don't think in text. So get some pictures and like the, the Vancouver postcard that I'm looking at on my, my wall, have a picture, have a picture for the car. I know you know about this stuff, Craig, because I've... I've spoken to you before, but um, some people are unaware of this stuff. Uh, the car that I drive, it was a screensaver on my computer. And uh, the, the, one of the speaker bureaus that I now work for, when I rang them up, they did, they weren't interested. So what I did was I printed out their speaker, uh, the, the page of speakers that they have that talk about overcoming adversity. I put it on my notice board on my wall. I cut out my photograph from my business card and I stuck it on there as if I was one of their speakers. 
And when you look at something enough times, your brain will find a way to make it a reality. And um, and by not giving up, um, I did make it a reality because I ran that Speaker Bureau up and uh, got their books um, um, something like a year and a half later. And that's, of course, is the never giving up. Um, I did think about giving up um, throughout my life many occasions and, and almost did. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't because obviously the, the book and the speaking and the family that I've now got, uh, it's a fantastic place to be. That book that I wrote um, took me, I think, 40 proposals uh, before we finally got myself an agent and then obviously got the book published. The speaking, you know, the speaking, uh, when I first started out, I spoke three times in the first year. It wasn't much of a speaking career, and uh, but I kept going. And the second year, it was um, it was 11 times. Not much of a speaking career, but I kept going. And I kept going, and, you know, all these speaking engagements later, I am so glad that I didn't throw the towel in. And being part of the Professional Speaking Association, honestly, I come across, Greg, speakers all the time that have got fantastic stories um, to tell, and, and they give up because they're not getting the engagements um, straight away. You know, uh, nothing gets given on a plate and um, they give up far, far too easily. I'm, I'm so glad that I didn't. Not just for my book, not just for the speaking, but, you know, various things throughout my life. And um, being said before, there's nothing new in the world, but um, it's one of the principles that I live my life by. And uh, and, and I know that my children live their life by it as well. <laughs> just to finish off, my, my son was taking part in his sports day recently. Uh, there was, he had two races. The first race was... Um, and the uh, egg and spoon no it was a beanbag race sorry uh, and he lost that and I was in tears and I was comforting him and comforting him and then and then he, a few minutes later or 20 minutes later he had the second race which was the running race I said come on so you, you can do it and then and, and he won the race he got, got his little gold medal and, uh, and I'm so glad that he uh, you know uh, not only did he have the gold but he, he didn't give up and he kept going and uh, he's got, got the photograph in fact it's in the book in fact that story uh, in the ICANN book uh, so um Hopefully my children in years to come will read about how inspirational uh, I thought they were. Yeah, do you know what, mate? I'm really glad you never give up. And I think it's been a pleasure sort of uh, chatting with you today. And I'm sure everyone listening to the podcast will get great value from it. And um, for those of you that um, would like to connect with Richard, you can do it. His website, richardmccann.co.uk. Highly recommend you pick up one of these books, um, I can, and any of uh, Richard's other books um, as well from his first book through to his one on its way. Uh, but, you know, um, I'm, I'm really pleased that um, you've spent some of your time to chat with us, Richard, but I'm sure, you know, it's it's kind of the, the attitude that, that you've created for yourself and I, I'm really happy that you're able to influence your kids, even though I don't know them, and leave a legacy for them because I know how important it is to me to do the same, so I know how important it must be for you to be able to make that positive difference. So I really appreciate you connecting with us today, mate, and sharing your words of wisdom and some of your experiences with, with us. Craig, a real pleasure, and uh, thank you for having me, and uh, I look forward to uh, well, connecting with you again very soon, and, uh, and, and listen, mate, have a great day. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media, then subscribe, rate, and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe, and join the community of passionate people.